This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Yesterday, we were talking about driverless vehicles and what ripple effects that could have on various industries, some you might not have thought of before. Today, in the Future of Work series, we are taking a look at the TV industry and how it might change and uh, such in the coming years. Joining us on the line is Daniel Eves. He is the Senior Vice President of Specialty Networks at Chorus Entertainment. On the line from Toronto, Daniel, thanks so much for taking a few moments with us. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, what do we see? I know it's kind of like looking in a crystal ball, but uh, <laughs> I guess we can look a bit backwards to see what changes have already taken place as far as moving forward and what traditional TV will look like. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the most significant changes in, in TV really is the ability to get content on demand. I mean, we've, we've talked a lot about it, and I'm sure other people have read how much viewer habits have changed. But ultimately, viewer habits actually haven't changed that much. It really is the, the what technology has allowed people to do going forward, and, and on demand really is at the, the heart of, of all these changes. I mean, a great example would be um, I've been programming services for a lot of years. You could run a show with a repeat sitcom or House Hunters on HGTV, and we could run it for eight, nine, ten hours in a day, and a ton of people would watch. So that concept of, of binging and wanting to watch always been there. The technology just didn't really deliver on it, and now we're in a world where on-demand really is here um, for anyone, and people can really use that to watch the content in the way they want to. Um, and I think that's always been a habit. That's always been there. Now people can just do it to however they'd like and how much they'd like. So will there ever be a scenario, do you think, in the future where people are waiting, uh, watching one episode a week? Yeah, I, I think there still might be. The reason why I say that is, you know, we have a lot of examples of, of people experimenting, different services trying, uh, different approaches to, to content, I think. You know, there is the, the, the approach where people put up the entire season of a show and people will binge. But when you start to see some of the numbers, you're realizing a, a binge can really def- can really vary. Some people, yes, a binge is I have all weekend and I have all the time. I'm going to watch 10 or 12 episodes. Uh, but a lot of people binge and having a couple hours here and there over the course of a number of weeks. And I think launching something on a weekly basis, even in an on-demand vi- environment, it just allows people to... Uh, you know, engage with the show, talk about it for the week, spread word of mouth, get people excited. And so I think there's actually still a lot of value in, even in an on-demand environment, to maybe launch something a couple episodes a week or over time versus necessarily putting it all up at, at once. And and how much of an impact do you think streaming services, and obviously Netflix got out of the gate first, they're still really the leader, not only in offering shows that maybe people have missed, but also really with original content. How much of a game changer was that? Yeah, I, I think I think where Netflix was successful was just getting into the concept of on-demand uh, quickly and early. Ultimately, all of that will merge and and every platform and every service can eventually offer uh, on-demand. And once you're back into that space where it's all equal, on-demand content's available uh, through whatever provider you choose to have, then it goes back to the same thing that's always been about television and the type of content people want to see and are you making the shows that work and the, and the hits that are there. I think there was some early, in the early days of Netflix, there was some thinking that maybe, you know, through all the information, the AI, they could produce only hit shows. And then the reality is, at the end of the day, you know, making a show requires a lot of creative talent, and a lot of things can go right, and a lot of things can go wrong. And then even a great show sometimes doesn't resonate with an audience. And so as these platforms sort themselves out, and all the content becomes on demand, and that's sort of a available board, it'll go then back to 
ultimately who has the most hit shows and the content people are interested in watching. Uh, is there a concern, though, if you lose the audience that uh, in the past has been tuning into tra- to traditional television, they're gone for good? Uh, no, I think, again, I think it's a I think all of that over time will all merge into to just, again, a sort of equal playing field in terms of uh, access to the content, because that's what we're talking about. And so, so whether it's, it's the traditional, you know, when, when we call traditional could mean, okay, I can only access a linear feed, but if suddenly, uh, you know, my favorite channel, whether it's HGTV or food or global or on, on demand, it's an entirety, even as a weekly or a biweekly release schedule, suddenly it comes back to, okay, all of this is sort of delivered the same way. Now the delivery isn't really the difference. The difference is, is the shows. And I think everything's moving that direction, and, and more and more people will have access to the content the way they want to. And then you're back to that playing field of, well, what content do you want, and who knows what kind of content uh, people want best is who's going to be most successful. And is that changing as well in that if we look back, I don't know how many seasons Survivor has been on, but it's, it's something <laughs> a, a crazy number. And, and that really seemed to be the, the pivotal moment of going into this realm of reality television and suddenly reality shows were popping up everywhere. Do you see, is that still what's drawing audiences? Is it more specialty programs that people are looking for and, and going specifically to whether it's cooking or singing shows or Survivor or things like that? I think you're seeing a great mix of that type of product. Survivor is still, uh, you know, in Canada especially, apparently us Canadians really like Survivor. You know, it's a, it's a top three show in Canada this many seasons in, so there's still a huge audience for that show. But, you know, then there are people who do want specific cooking or are looking for something a little more niche. And I think, uh, you know, not even in this environment now, but over the last 10 to 20 years, um, it's the market itself has expanded to include broad, popular content, and it's also to include some of the smaller content so that people can choose which ones they, they want to go to. I think in an on-demand environment, it's allowed some type of content to do a little bit better than it used to in the past. For example, dramas with a narrative arc uh, that you would have to follow would traditionally not repeat well in a linear environment because ultimately, if it was repeating every day, people just didn't have the time to catch it. And now it's on-demand, they can go back through a narrative. Uh, but that's all additive. People still like the same kind of content they did before. Even if you look at some of the on-demand numbers we've seen and where people are coming, you know, in the past, people like original new content. But, you know, a lot of them go back to the comedies that they've enjoyed and watch them over and over again. And, and that habit has just translated into an on-demand environment. So if they're a big fan of The Office or any kind of that product, they'll still go back and watch those over and over again as well. And we only have about a minute left. What about ad sales, though, and, and, and revenues? Because it seems like watching ads, if you're watching on demand, you're either not watching them or you're fast-forwarding through. Yeah. I mean, I think advertising advertising will always play a, a big role in this. I mean, I think advertising, you know, in, in any any survey you do with a consumer, no one will say, check off at the top that I have to have ads. Ads are a value proposition. And if you can offer people content uh, at a more cost-efficient uh, model in exchange for ads, people are okay with that. You know, I think, that, you know, probably maybe some of the services added a lot more ads than, than, than what people want, and there's opportunities to have a tighter ad load and, and maybe uh, less frequent or put in different spots. But ultimately, I think that relationship with people still works well. If we can provide them content in the way they want at a really good value proposition, ads are still a, a strong trade-off for that. All right, Daniel, we'll have to leave it there. Thanks so much. Great. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, 
TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.